Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. Praise the Lord. What did I teach you? Church history. Yeah, I want to continue in the, in the subject of church. The church matter is a very important thing on the heart of God. Thank you, Jesus. The church thing is important in the sight of God. You remember how in Second Samuel chapter 7, verse, um, from verse 1, the Bible says that as David sat in his house, he, he sent for Nathan, the prophet, and he said to Nathan that, see, God has blessed me. I live in Cedar, house of Cedar, but the ark of the covenant liveth in tents. So Nathan, verse 3, says that, go and do what is all that is in your heart. In other words, David, you want to do something about this tent, tent dwelling of God. Go and do it. And build, if you want to build God a house, go ahead. Bible says from verse 4 that that night the Lord came to Nathan and said to Nathan, go and tell my servant David, will he build me a house? He said, go and tell my servant David that he cannot build me a house. Instead of him building me a house, I will build him a house. All right, so he says, go and tell him that I will build him a house. Verse 12 is very important. Verse 12 of Second Samuel chapter. Second Samuel chapter 7. This is such a profound text. So, okay, let's take it from verse 10. It will make more sense. Moreover, I will appoint, I will appoint, okay, moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more. Hallelujah. All right. And nor shall the, son of, the sons of wickedness oppress them anymore as previously. Since the time that I, have, I, I commanded judges to be over my people Israel and have caused you to rest from all your enemies. Also, the Lord tells you thus, the word of the Lord to David. The Lord tells you, David, that he will make you a house. Now, this guy, as I told you, he was sitting in his own house, and now God tells you, I will make you a house. He had a house already. But God, obviously, if, if you have moved the thing into God's house, I'm going to bring you into God's realm so long as definition of house is concerned. So his definition of God's house moved him into God's definition of house. Because his definition of God, uh, a house, so long as house was concerned, it is not how God sees house. So the human house, which he, the earthly and natural house he was talking about, God said, that's not how I define house. So I realized out of your good heart, it was in my heart, you remember? As for me, it was in my heart, my heart to build God a house. So what entered your heart to build for God, God said, that is not it. However, because you think and you, you intend to build a permanent structure, edifice, for the Ark of the Covenant, because you want it done, 
I want to keep my promise. I don't want you to be distracted and your children after you to be distracted. So you will not build it. Now, somebody, you will not build a house for me. Got the house for me, you can't build it. But a son of yours will build it. And then, so when David was about to die, he asked Solomon to build the physical temple. It was a replica of the original one. It was a shadow of the original house, which no man can build but a particular appointed servant of God. And God said to David, you say you build me a house, I will build you a house. And then how did he say, what did he say about building God a house? Sorry, building David a house. Verse 12, when your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you. Not your seeds, your seed, one person. Your seed after you, who will come from your body. So somebody is going to come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom. How long? Forever. Where is Solomon's throne? Nowhere to be found. So if God meant forever, it definitely must be forever. So if he said forever and Solomon's throne is not forever, then he's not talking about Solomon. All right. So he said, I will establish his throne forever. I will be his father and he shall be my son. If he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the, with, the, with the blow of the sons of men. But my mercy shall not depart from him. As I took, as I took um, from, okay, as, as I took it from Saul, who I removed from before you. So he said that I did something to Saul, but I won't do it to your, your, your children. Now, God is a very amazing God. He's speaking, addressing a particular issue, but at the same time, it was a prophetic statement. Mm-hmm. So he, he mixed the two to a certain extent, yeah. where he says that when the way I took it from Saul, I won't take it from your sons. So when David died, his children continued the dynasty. Okay. Amongst, amongst, within, in human history, it is the Davidic dynasty that has lasted longer than any dynasty. Besides the fact that the eternal, eternal throne came from his body, his dynasty, his earthly dynasty, that's his sons taking over and taking over, David's throne lasted longer than any dynasty ever. Generations. Because he decided to do something for God's house. But what God was actually talking about, he said, I will build you a house. God meant not just the physical edifice, but your family. I'm going to secure the one who is going to build the house. I'm going to secure. He says that when you die, he said, tell David, I'll build him a house. When he dies, I'll raise a seed from him. him he will build me a house. And he said, I'll establish his throne forever. Hmm. That's how God builds the house. God builds the house by securing your future. That's why I tell you, there's no future for the godless. Hmm. There is no future for the godless. Let's say, all say that together. Say it again. There is no one day Sodom will catch fire. There is no future for the godless. Look at Abraham. He was prospering and doing well when Sodom and Gomorrah was bad. Well, actually, had it not been for Abraham, who was who had an intercessory heart. Yeah, yeah. And even before Sodom and Gomorrah caught fire and was judged and bent down. When you study the Bible very carefully, 
Sodom and Gomorrah, there was once an attack in Sodom. Some kings came in Genesis chapter 14 and fought Chedelohoma and arrested Chedelohoma. And uh, that's where, and, the, and captured men of the town and people. And Lot was also captured. And Abraham armed, he, he gathered the people in his, own, his house, family. His family, the servants, and he gathered everybody. Let's go, we are going to fight. They went and fought, and God gave them the victory. And they delivered Lot and brought Lot back. Very interesting. So Lot really have gone, to, and when he came, he still went to Sodom. But it was his wife. It's, um, it was his wife because Bible said it. Remember Lot's wife. It was his wife. And when God, now God was about to destroy Sodom, he delivered Abraham from, eh, sorry, because of Abraham, he said, Lot, you leave first. Angel went, Genesis chapter 19, Angel went and removed Saul and his family. He said, don't look back. Don't look back to this boy. Don't look back to, sorry, did I say boy? Yeah. Okay, maybe it's for somebody. Don't look back. <laughs> it's prophetic. Don't look back to this lifestyle. Don't go back there. And Saul's wife, she loved the things there so much that she, when they were going, she had to turn back. She was thinking, oh, I like, you know, I like these parties. I like this kind of uh, holidays in Ayanapa. Abifa. I like this kind of things. And she became a, a pillar of salt. When her, her daughters needed her, she was not there to advise them for them to understand how a woman handles herself and behaves and handles her desires for, a mar for marriage and for children and for man. And the, the two girls, their mother was not there to advise them because she was busy looking back. Wow. Hmm. <laughs> wow. It's not good for your mother to be looking back. Because oh. mm. she will poison your future with salty advice. Mm. Strong. <laughs> Strong. <laughs> oh, I know you didn't hear what I said. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poison your future after this church thing. I've done it before. Mm. I've done it before. It didn't take me anywhere. Mm. <laughs> She's looking back and poisoning your future. Yeah. The woman became a pillar of salt. It's not, you can't eat it. You can't enjoy it. Pillar of salt. So much salt. Because she was busy looking back. Wow. No wonder they went and slept with their father. Mm. They needed their mother. She was not there. What, what was she doing? Busy looking back. Yeah. Wow. Hey. Mm. So there's no future for them. Um, ungodly. But Abraham, it continued to be well with him. Amen. Saul, uh, uh, Lot, did I keep saying Saul? Yeah. I'm sorry, it's Lot. Lot's children ended up getting him drunk. And when he was drunk, that's why you have to be careful. You be, be playing around drinking. Got drunk. <laughs> got, some of you know, remember some things you did when you got drunk. Yeah, so some things that happened to you. Yeah. Yes. A lot, of, a lot of girls get raped yeah, as parties. Some of you, some parties you are not supposed to go. With the kind of attire you are wearing to this party, someone will give you something. They know police will come in, will get involved, but the way they see you, anything, they lose their mind. They want to get you at any cost. Most of you didn't survive some nights because of what you wore to that party. You couldn't survive the night. But before they finish the party, they have... <laughs> they, they, they've taken care of you. <laughs> now, 
<laughs> I don't know why they, have, they, they call it dinner dress. And some of it, it it's so provocative. Must it be so provocative? Some of you have got it. Thank God we don't do dinners in this church. <laughs> or even though you are sanctified, what you call dinner dress is very ungodly. How can, how can a church sister be wearing certain things and putting it on social media? You are so cheap. Practically all the side of your boob is, is, is out. Side boob is showing. It's showing. Oh, Christian sister. You are falling so low. You don't want anybody to say it. Don't worry. I'll, I'm about to say it even more. Christian sister. Christian sister. Some of you, if we go on Instagram right now, some pictures you have. Some people, no. Some people actually have to go on your page to stare themselves. When they are messing up, it's your page they use. The Bible says that temptations will come. But whoa! Besides, besides, both besides you, the one through whom the temptation will come. Somebody will be tempted. Satan will use, will tempt people. But if you become the agent of Satan, Jesus, I'm telling you, it's in the Bible. I think Luke chapter 14, 17, verse 1. Said, temptation, offenses, temptations will surely come. But woe betides the one through whom he. Sister, make sure you, and the brothers too. Mm. The brothers too. But the sisters sometimes, I just don't know. Most of them don't just care. Church, a church sister, when we go on your social media page, it's so licentious, salacious. Lubidinous. Lewd. Lewd. Obscene. Concupicious. Lucidicity or lucidness. Anyway, you see, you have to get somebody to say it. Somebody must say it. Or everyone has been bullied into silence. And it's giving people free behavior. And even in the church, outside, that's okay. Like when I say it's okay, you understand what I mean? We can't be dictated by in the church. In the church. We are a holy people. We are a righteous people. We are blood-bought, sanctified. Sometimes, oh, I didn't want to get into all this, but let me say this. Sometimes, maybe you have you've not been in church long. So most of what you've got, don't be in a rush. Like, don't be stressed. I, be, I pray God for you. Amen. Start it from your heart and let it begin to show your body. Mm. So the next set of attires 
and let it begin to show. But some of you have been in the church for 10 years, for five years. You are even in the choir. And your clothes, some of the clothes are very radical. <laughs> uh, you don't, some of you don't like what I'm talking When I see your face is not receiving, it makes me want to even say it more. <laughs> to say it more. Jezebelic. Jezebelic creature full of libidinousness. Oh, Pastor, but, but, but you don't have to say this. Uh, why are you always saying, no, 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 no. Oh, but I'm just mentioning some. But you're, are you like that? Are you like that? Do you have obscene pictures of yourself in the public? You are not like that. And if you are like that, if I want to marry, I won't come to you. Because why would I marry a wife whose, whose body is everywhere? No. So, I, so I'm just trying to tell you that you know, the way you are believing God for me to pray for your marriage. <laughs> All right, let's get, let's get back to David. Let's get back to this. Okay, I don't, nowadays I don't want to go too much into this because we don't have too much of that in this church. Is it not true? So God told David, oh, I need to get on this. Very God told David, I'll build your house. All right, watch this. God told David, I'll build your house. And when you die, I'll raise a son after you. Um, I think, let me digress to add this. I think it will be a blessing to somebody. I'm not talking so much about your past. I'm talking about your present. Some of us have all kinds of pasts. And the devil, one of the things I want you to know, Satan will determine to make you feel because of your past, God can use you. That's why, I, that's why I spoke about all this. Your past, Satan will make you feel like God cannot use you. And I want to chip in something. That is very strange. Say the Moabites. The Moabites. Moabites were a cursed people. They were cursed. Because, do you know how Moabites came into being? When Lot's children went and had incest with her, they went and it's with him. They got their dad drunk. And when he was drunk, they went and the first one went to be with their dad in the night. And their dad didn't know because he was drunk and got her pregnant. When the other one, the first one was pregnant, he said, I've got mine. So it's your turn now. Let's get him again. And the father didn't know what was happening. They got him drunk again, and he went into her other, his other daughter and gave birth. And so they, they, one of them gave birth to Moab. So Moabites came from that incestuous relationship. And they were cursed. The Bible said they were cursed. So you are not supposed to enter into Moabites' territory. And one day there was famine in Israel. And when there was famine in Jerusalem, Israel, there was a man and his wife. His wife was called uh, Naomi. They migrated and went to Moab, the land of Moab, where they will, um, is it land of Moab? Yeah. For better living, immigrational issues. So, <laughs> and then when they went, their boys got married to Moabite women. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> One of them was called Opa. The other woman was called Ruth. They got married. But 
as events had it, the husband, their father died. And guess what? The guys also died. There was something in Moab that was killing the men. The men died. And now Naomi was left alone. And after staying in a foreign land and felt like, there's nothing here for me again. My children are dead. Let me go back. But she was living together with her daughters-in-law. So she said, I was going back. And the daughters-in-law said, oh, you can't leave us like that. We can't leave. We want to be with you. And she said, listen, I'm now old. I can't give birth. If, when will I even marry if I have to marry? And when I marry, when will I give birth for the child to grow for you to marry him? So you know what? Go and live your lives. And Opa said, well, I can understand. That makes sense. So she went. But Naomi said, no, I will never leave you. I'm sorry. Ruth said, I will never leave you, Naomi. And you know what she said? She says something that triggered something to her destiny. She says that uh, your people shall be my people. Do you know the people you are talking about? The people of Israel. And he said, your God shall. From that time. She chose to be an Israel. She chose. God, that's why you, are, you can't be born a Christian. You must choose. Yeah. God has always planned that people must choose him. So the two foreign women who managed to come in the line, Jesus' lineage, they're all foreign. They came by choice. They didn't come by birth. Neither did they come by accident. And they were all not clean. Because they were not Jews. Now watch this. In, when you look at the genealogy of Jesus Christ, Bible talks about Genesis and Matthew chapter 1 verse 2 downwards. Look at it and then we'll come. I'll show you something. I, I'm sure you will like this. This is a bit of digression, but I think you will like this. Matthew chapter 1. From Matthew chapter 1, like, I think I will prefer to read from even verse 1. So... Verse 1, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begat who? Josh, you have a microphone. Let's read it. I'll show you something. Verse 2, Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac begot Jacob. And Jacob begot Judah and his brothers. Excuse me. How did Abraham begat? How did he beget Isaac? How? By himself? But why didn't they mention Sarah's name? Is Sarah not an amazing woman? They didn't mention Sarah's name. Why? Has God got something against women? No. They didn't mention Sarah's name. Okay. But Isaac also gave birth and gave birth to Jacob. Okay. So Jacob must be uh, Jacob's wife. Who is Jacob's wife? Sorry. Isaac's wife. Rebecca. They didn't mention Isaac's wife's name. And they didn't mention Jacob's two wives, Rachel and Leah. They didn't mention them. Is it there? So let's go again. Abraham begat Isaac, Isaac begot Jacob, uh-huh. and Jacob begot Judah and uh-huh. his brothers. And his brothers? Judah begot Perez and Zema, Zerah by Tamar. By who? Tamar. Ah, but why did they have to mention this woman? The first woman mentioned the religion of Jesus Christ. This woman was bad. Do you know what she did? Do you know Tamar? Tamar was the, the, the wife of Jacob's son. And Jacob's son died. And Tamar, um, the, those, that's the tradition is if... The, your brother dies, you have to marry her wife, his wife. And so the first one married uh, her and did not give her a child. You have to produce a child for your brother. So when she went into her, just before she was about to send, uh, he was about to um, send the seed, he redrew himself and he spilled out. It's been doing, they started in the Bible a long time ago. <laughs> 
Ese es el vago. Ese es el vago. So he pulled out and spilled out. And it, <laughs> he did it intentionally. Like the way most of you expected him to do it intentionally, and he didn't. <laughs> and now you have to go to the chemist to go and buy, is it after money or something? <laughs> you were expecting him to be a bit controlling. So, <laughs> this man said, Me, I won't give this lady. Pulled out. So, eventually, the woman got to a time, the, the, I think the boy died or something, the story. So, the woman needed a husband. And something was wrong. So, she said, I know what I'll do. I, someone must, because I need my child. So, she disguised herself like a prostitute. And in those days, it was normal. Like, you go to corner shop. Oh, Chinese to buy Chinese, wow. even though there's food out. Yeah, those days it was normal. Wow. So you just go and buy Chinese and come. So, <laughs> so Jacob, the father, was in town and he saw this prostitute and he thought it's one of the corner shops. So he decided to roll into it. And then they went together for the night, but she disguised herself so he couldn't see. They used to do a lot of things in the night and they didn't have good light. So jo Jacob, you can always get him at night. That's how they got him to marry Leah, lay with Leah, in the night. Yeah. <laughs> so Jacob went to, are you listening to the story? Can I finish the story? Jacob went into Tamar. And then Tamar said, hey, wait, 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 before, before we continue business, don't pay much. Just give me your staff. And so he took your, your, his staff and his is it, um, ring or signet, something, I forgot him. He said, it's in Genesis chapter 38 or so. Yeah. So have you seen it? Where? Verse what? From verse 12. Read it quickly. Okay. Do you want to hear the yeah. main story? Okay, tell us. Now in the process of time, the daughter of Shua, Judah's wife, died. And Judah was comforted and went up to his sheep shearers at Timnah. And he and his friend Herod the Adonamite. And it was told Tamar, saying, Look, your father-in-law is going up to Timnah to share his sheep. So she took off her widow's garments, covered herself with a veil, and wrapped herself, and sat in an open place which was on the way so, to Timnah. Sorry, sorry, it's Judah, it's not Jacob. Why? Sorry. For she saw that Sheila was grown. And she was not given to him as a wife. When Judah saw her, he thought she was a harlot mm -hmm. because she had covered her face. Mm -hmm. Then he turned to her by the way and said, please let me come into you. Kai, Jesus. For <laughs> it, it was like a corner shop. <laughs> Are you not seeing this in your Bible? Look, look at your Bible. The brother said, ah, this one, I, I think I, I, need to, I need to have a share. So he said, can, can I please? He, he thought it was, those times, harlots were just available. It, now here too, you pay for it. Yeah, now. But those days, he just came. So he said, please, can I, can I employ your services? Go ahead. For he did not know that she was his daughter-in-law. If he knew that, he wouldn't have done that. But he thought it was a harlot, yeah. So she said, what will you give me that you may come into me? Hey. And he said, I will send a young goat from the flock. So she said, will you give me a pledge till you send it? Then he said, what pledge shall I give you? So she said, your signet and cord and your staff that is in your hand. Your signet and cord, your staff that is in your hand. Uh -huh. Then he gave them to her. No problem. You know, sometimes when you are at a certain point, men don't care about a lot of things. <laughs> they will sign a check. They said, oh, what is it? Sign the check. It doesn't matter. 
He said, oh, but pastor, pastor has been so, don't worry, don't worry. Pastor, he will understand. <laughs> That's why it takes a certain level of decent woman to protect, to stop a foolish man from entering into folly. But when it gets to a certain point, God has blessed the woman to be able to say no. But the man, when he gets to a certain point, he becomes like an animal. Yes. He said, oh, let me die. It doesn't matter. I will die. <laughs> That's why, listen, if you're a Christian sister, I was talking to a certain Christian brother recently who almost messed up slightly. He didn't write to God. And I was telling that brother about another story of some people it happened years ago and the person said, the, the, the lady determined to be tight. In fact, she didn't want to be in a relation with the guy again. That's some years ago. So I was telling him the story. And he said, you know, that's how I felt after the situation. I felt like I didn't actually want to be with her again. And I was thinking in my head, whoa, the thing has started coming. See, when a Christian brother loses his purity because of you, he put pressure. But for some if he's a genuine person, for some reason, before a Christian brother opens his heart to you and hangs around you comfortably, he's trusting God that at least this one is a Christian sister. If I, if I get to a certain level, she can say no. So most Christian brothers, so when outside people, outside guys see them, they think this one is very powerful. He's very cool. He doesn't have any feeling. No, because we are like that to the outsiders. But when you come close to us, we begin to relax. And we don't, because we don't expect any danger to happen. So we put down our guns. But you see, outside body and inside body is the same body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then suddenly, something hits your brains. Then you can't think anymore. Then you start breathing heavily. Then you say, oh sister, how are you? Slap his hand. Slap his hand. Tell him, what's the meaning of that? Even though maybe you like him. I don't do that. I don't like him like that. Or you respect him. Slap his hand. Say, excuse me. Take your phone. I have to call pastor right now. I'm telling you. He said, please. You know what a certain gentleman told me? He, 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 get, he got into trouble. Christian brothers. Sometimes, some of you sisters can understand. Some of the brothers, the way they look fiery. When they hit a certain place, they are no more fiery. They are almost like devils. Don't, don't, trust, don't trust them. Sister, don't trust them. Because they can't handle you. Don't trust them. And they were in a mood. And this, I said, I was asking the brother, but why did you continue? Even though I know that sometimes, brothers, it's hard to break. And, and he said, you know what he said? He said, she had held on to me so tight. <laughs> He said, he said she, has, she has held on to me, you know, but she wasn't doing anything to me. She was just the hug. But me too, my hands cannot be just there. 
<laughs> so he was doing the work and he was doing what was wrong. God, as for her, she was just giving you a hug. You see how the whole birthday. He was doing what was wrong. And he said, I said, so why? He said, I actually was saying in my head that just say, oh no, let's stop. She won't say anything. <laughs> so the, the brother wanted to stop, but he felt like if his stories are like, <laughs> I'm telling you true stories. Oh, true stories. my stories are true. <laughs> <laughs> so do you know what happened? You should I tell you what happened? You let's go to uh, Judah's soul. Judah, read it. Uh, your son is called Judah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> In Jesus' name. Amen. Read it, sir. Verse 18. Then he said, What pledge shall I give you? So she said, Your signet and cord and your staff that is in your hand. Then he gave them to her and went into her. Oh. And she conceived by him. Oh. So she arose and went away and laid aside her veil. If you want to know where the guy pulled out, that one is from beginning. No, we don't have time. Where you go, we need to read your Bible. Yeah. From, from, where are you? Genesis chapter 30, 38. So when you read from verse 1, you'll see it's there. But continue. So the woman conceived. Who conceived? Tamar. The woman is called Tamar. She conceived with her because she tricked her father-in-law to lay with her. What an evil woman. Conceived and gave birth to Perez and Zara. Zara. Yeah, those of you like Zara. <laughs> she gave birth to Perez and Zara. And guess what? When they were mentioning the genealogy of Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 1, guess the first woman who gets the mentioning? Tama. Oh! Tama? But why would you? Mention Sarah. Mention Rebecca. Mention wonderful Leah. No. Tama. This is by accident. Let's see. Only five women were mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. All the four were a problem. Only one, the last one, who had to clean everything. So save the face of the women. She was, she was Mary. Mary had to come and save the face of the other women. But all the other four, five women in the, were only, there were, there were a lot of women, but those who got the mentioning, the first one was who? Tamar. The second man, the second one was Ruth, a foreigner from Moab, cursed tribe, cursed people. And then the third one was Rahab, the harlot. And Babu said it, Rahab, the harlot. Read it, Joshua. Read Verse five. Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab. Ah, by who? Rahab. Rahab. Why did they have to mention Rahab? Say, Salmon begot Boaz. Let's move on. <laughs> but they have to mention Rahab, the harlot. Go ahead. Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. Ah, Ruth too? Moabite. <laughs> Obed begot Jesse. And Jesse begot David the king. You see that they are not mentioning Jesse be so it is intentional that these women's names were mentioned for, God, for you to know that God can use anybody. Now, the first one who was Tamar, watch this. Tamar was not, a, was a Jew. She was Jewish. So that's okay. But the second one who was mentioned, uh, Rahab, she was a foreigner. She was uh, from um, Jericho. Canaanite woman. 
from Jericho. But they mentioned her. She came in. And how did she come? Because when they were coming, going to fight Jericho, she, she protected the spies and told them, before you sleep, let's make a deal. Remember that you won't destroy me, but you will receive, you protect my, my house. So when they came in, they kept her house and she became part of them. She came by choice. You don't become born again by accident. It must be by choice. So she came by choice and became part of them. And um, so Rahab, Ruth, uh, Ruth because we got who? And Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Obed see. begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David the king. Watch this. Go ahead. David the king begot Solomon by her who had been the wife An of adulterer. Uriah. An adulteress. So the other one was, uh, it, it, but no, the first one, Tama. She was almost like a prostitute, but incest. Second one, Rahab, prostitute. Third one, Ruth, foreigner. Fourth one, Bathsheba, she, uh, 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 concubine, not concubine. She was married and she went to be with David. An adulteress. At least, if you are mentioning the genealogy of Jesus, use the other women. Use other women. Can I show you something? I think you will like this. And if all these four women had, were problem women, then it comes to Mary, verse 16. And Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, uh-huh. of whom... Read from verse 15. Look at this. I want to show you something. From verse 15, let's go. Eliud begot Eliezer. Eliud did what? Begot Eliezer. So when they mention your name, you are begetting, isn't it? So Eliud begot Eliezer. Huh? Eliezer begot Mathen. Eliezer begot Mathen, yes. And Mathen begot Jacob. And Mathen begot Jacob. And Jacob begot Joseph. And Jacob begot Joseph. The husband of Mary. Uh-huh. Of. So Jacob didn't be, uh, Joseph uh, didn't beget. It was Mary who begot. See, read verse 16 again. And Jacob begot Joseph, the <laughs> husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus. So was Jesus born. was born of Mary. Not Jacob didn't begot Jesus. Joseph didn't begot Jesus. So all this begot, 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 begot. He actually stopped with Joseph. He didn't begot. <laughs> It was Mary who was, of whom was born. They didn't use the word begot. Because Jesus is the only begotten son of God. It's God who begot Joseph. But all these beget, begetters, those who are begotten, they are begetting, they had to beget through a woman. And all the women were not mentioned apart from these four problematic ones. And then when he got to God's turn, he also said, okay, me, I want the bed. So he used the Mary came and sanctified the image of all the women in there. So it's not your pastor. It's your choice. It's not your past. It's your choice. The purpose you live for, sister, brother, the purpose you are living for. Some of you, when people see you in church, your ex or your, your cronies, you used to mess up. They, say, ah! you, they don't believe that this, this church is coming to yours. Because this person can never be in church. But they don't know that you're actually in church. Say, I'm in church. I'm in church. Some of you, your cousins are shocked that you are. And can you imagine, even you yourself, you are surprised that Thursday evening you are in church around this time. Whoa, what's wrong with you? It's Christ who has entered you. Yes. 
and I'm happy for it. Why don't you clap for yourself? Don't ever forget, five women in the genealogy of Jesus, only one, the last one, was there. God will not use your past against you. Make decisions to work with God. Why? Jesus was the one, but it was necessary for him to be called the son of David. He was the one God promised David that your seed will build me a house. And then Jesus Christ, when he came, I showed you the other time, he came in Matthew chapter 16, he calls his disciples and asked the disciples, who do men say I am? Verse 13. Some say you are Elijah, others say you are uh, uh, um, Jeremiah. And they say, you are one of the prophets. And then he said, but who do you say I am? And they said, you are the son. Peter, sorry. Peter said, you are Christ. You are the Christ. Or you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Read it. Verse 16, Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the say living the Christ. God. Say the Christ. Say you are the Christ. You are the Christ. Now, the Christ is supposed to be the son of David. Why? Because, watch this, I'm, I'm moving to somewhere. The, the Christ is supposed to be the son of David because David is the one who had the title deed or the authorization from heaven whose seed can build the house for God. And one of the characteristics of Christ, the Christ is supposed to be the, read it again, you are the Christ. You are the Christ, the son of the, the living The Christ God. is supposed to be the son of God and yet the son of David. So the Christ, David and God, from the day David said, I want to build the church, I want to build your house, God said, I'm going to share the special person with you. We are going to share a son. David and God said, we are going to share a son. And that son, his special, Jesus, that's, that's, that's that's what I'm trying to say. And I haven't said it yet. That son, that son of Christ and that son of David, Sorry, that son of God and son of David. The Christ, who is the Christ? The son of God and the son of David. Who is the Christ? The son of God and the son of David. Some of you are at the back there, you are sleeping. Who is the Christ? The son of God and the son of David. So, the Christ is the son of God. And so, that's why Jesus asked them as I touched the other time. The Christ, whose son is he? And they were confused. They said son of David. But if he's the son of David, why did David say, the Lord said to my Lord? So he's not just a son of David. He is also a seed of God. He's actually, Jesus himself calls himself, I am the root and the offspring. The offspring, the seed, the root, the father. So you, how can one be your father and at the same time, your son? That it must be the Christ. So watch this. When he said, who do you say the Christ is? Who do men say I am and who do you say I am? Peter said you are the Christ and he identified that the Christ is the son of the living God. And guess what? Guess what? He was telling a human being that you are the son of the living God. What does that mean? Because God told David, somebody is going to come from your loins and that person is going to be my son. So when Peter identified Jesus as you are that son, because at that time there was only one person who could be the son of God and yet a human being. Because you can't be a human being without having parents. So that means you have a natural father and yet you have God is your, your actual, uh, actual father. So when Peter said that, it, it carried so much weight. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus said, there's no way you can know this by yourself. There's no way you can t- concoct this by your thinking. No education, no school can, can teach you Christ, who Christ is. Bible school cannot even teach you for you to discover who Christ is. It must be by the Spirit of God. And then Jesus, watch this. Then Jesus said, upon this insight, I will build my church. Now watch this. He said, let's all say, I will build my church. I will build my church. He didn't say, I have built my church. 
I will. That means at the time he was talking, yeah. the church project has not started. Yeah. Okay. At the time he was telling them that, you, Peter, flesh and At the time he hasn't started. He said, but why did he say I will build my church? Because embedded in the chief characteristics of the Christ is the builder of the church. Are you getting it? One of the major characteristics or qualifications of the Christ, his assignment is to build the house. So when they say you are the one, he say, okay, you have identified that I'm the one who is going to build. How am I going to build? I'm going to build it on a certain platform, revelation of who I am. So he said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. So he said, I will. What, when was he going to start building the house then? When was the house built? Is it built? Yes, it's built. Has it finished building? No, it's still being built. He started building. When did he start? He commenced the building after, watch this. There are five things that needed to happen for him to start building the church. Number one, his death. Number two, his burial, sorry, his resurrection. So number one is his death. Number two is what? Resurrection. Resurrection. Number one? Number two? Number three? their commission. So when he resurrected from the dead, he told them, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved. That is called the great commission. It has become the great omission in the modern day church. We are not preaching that the great commission has ended up as the great omission. We have left, left. we are having church without outreach. How can the population grow Without birth. Thank you. That's the best way. How can population grow without birth? So he says, upon this rock I'll build my church. Now, how, when, when, uh, what are the five things that needed to happen for the church before to commence the building of the church? Number one. Yes. Number two. Yes. So you remember, you remember, oh my God. You remember after he told them that, who do men say? And Peter said, you are the son of the living God. Bible said from that moment, from the 31, from that moment, he began to tell them how the son of man must go to Jerusalem and, be, and suffer many things at the hands of the um, Jews, chief priests, and be killed. And Peter jumped. He said, hey, kill for what? Because, you see, he didn't understand that he, the commencement of the building must come after the, the death. So Peter tried to stop that process. He said, Satan, get behind me. Yeah. Because you want to stop. You are not of the things of God. You, are, you just mind the things of men. If you mind the things of God, you will know that the building process, the Messiah who is supposed to come and build the house of God, the building process commences with the death, the resurrection, the commission, the ascension. And then the resending of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Church cannot be built without the Holy Spirit. Oh! So he told them, Go to the all the world. That's the great commission, isn't it? Yeah. But before he left them, before the ascension, after his death and resurrection, he said, go into the world. Then he told them, don't go. So what should we do? Go, don't go. Go, don't go. We are supposed to obey and go. But at the same time, we are supposed to. He said, your waiting is on a condition. You are supposed to only go after you have waited to receive the Holy Spirit. So go, but wait to receive, because the church can't be built without the Holy Spirit. 
the Messiah came to build and he commenced. So on the day of Pentecost, ah, on the day of Pentecost, Bible said the same day, 3,000 men were added to the church. Read your Bible. Three, Acts chapter, let's read that. Acts chapter um, 2, verse 39 and verse 40. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are Go far to verse 40. Go for 40. And with many words he, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Mm. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. Mm-hmm. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. So that day about 3,000 souls were added. That's when church growth started. Initially they were just the disciples of Jesus Christ. But after the Holy Ghost came, now they were added. In the absence of Jesus, no one could be added outside of the work of the Holy Spirit. Somebody screamed, The church! church! Now, why am I saying this? (laughs) So, I found out that. Jesus' major assignment as the Messiah is to build the church. What, is it, what are the building blocks? Is the redeemed people. That's why he had to die to save them. Get the redeemed people for the building of the work. Watch this. As I try and run things up, round things up. This is good. You like this? I was sharing this actually. I was talking to the Birmingham church yesterday. I, I made reference to this. When you read the Bible, there are portraits <clears throat> of the church. It should tell you what the church is. Portraits. When Jesus said, I will build my church, that word church, he was the first person to mention the church anyway in the New Testament. Actually, in the Bible. The word church that Jesus said, he meant the universal church. Okay. Okay. So he said, I will build my church and the gate of hell shall not prevail against the church. Matthew chapter 18, verse 17. Wait for everybody to get there. Is somebody getting something? All right, read it. And if he refuses to hear them, Tell it to the church. Now, is that when somebody sins against you, go to your brother who has offended you. Talk to them in private. I didn't like what you have done or this for you. Blah, 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 blah. If they refuse to hear you, go and get one more brother, other person, and the two of you or two, go to him and say, there's a witness here. This issue you have done. And say, I can't be bothered. Say, the reason why you should do that is Bible says that so that the law says that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, a thing must be established. So you need some witnesses to go and do that. Now, he said, if he refuses to do it, then what do you do? Tell it to the church. Uh-huh. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. Tell it to who? Tell it to who? So, you know, that building there is supposed to be a church building and they have converted it into a house. Okay. But let's say that this is the church. He said, go and stand in front of the building. Hey, my brother has not hurt me. Is that what he meant? <laughs> so what does he mean by the church? Is it a universal church so you can, you can put it on so, social media so everybody 
that calls themselves church can hear it. What did he mean by tell it to the church? How do you go and tell it to the church? So that means that there must be a group of people who you are, are locally accessible to you. Yeah. And to that person, because they're Christian. Christians, oh! Christians by automatic, are automatically supposed to be part of a church. Don't mind those people who are not spiritual. They don't understand God. They don't understand the scriptures who say, you don't have to be part of a church to be a Christian. When you are a Christian, you are supposed to be part of the body of Christians who gather and meet for worship. I'm going somewhere. It will shock you to know that right from Genesis, God has always wanted to gather people around him. Okay. That's why Adam and Eve were living in the garden. He said, well, why? I'm coming to be with you. Why are you guys, the two of you, I needed the two of you, so we fellowship. And now why are you going? Because we sinned against you. Oh, come on. Why did you have to do that? And then he called Abraham. And then when he got the people as a, uh, uh, the Israelites as a people, he told Moses, gather all of them at Mount Sinai. So there was always a gathering. God always wanted to gather. God always wanted to gather a special people. God will always choose a special people. I was studying my Bible and I came across, today I actually came across the text. It blessed me so much. In Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 6. I mean, I, I believe that's what God is saying about us too. You would will, you will like to hear that. It's amazing. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 6. Please read it. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. You are what? A holy people. You are, a, you are very unique people to the, to the Lord your God. Go ahead. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself. Wow. A special treasure above all the people. The word special, it's also a particular treasure. Amongst all the people, Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6, he said, God, he looked amongst, just the way, ah, doesn't that make sense? How Prince Harry chose Meghan Merkel out of so many millions of women, eligible uh, spinters, he chose one. The same thing this guy also did. The same thing his elder brother, William. He also went and chose Kate, one person. But there are so many nice, maybe even more gorgeous ladies in town. She, he should have collected a, a few of them. <laughs> yeah, he, he could have had a collection. <laughs> but he chose one. And see, marriage, 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 listen to this. Marriage depicts a certain intention of God. That's why when marriage comes under attack, Satan must be behind it. Yeah. Marriage depicts God's intention about humanity in a very unique way that nothing can depict it. So God looks at all humanity and he said, you are a special people. I've chosen a peculiar treasure. Now, you, 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 you know, but it's always said, a person can give you their car. They can give you, in fact, their workers to come and do work in your house. They can even give you their house to live in. They can give you, they can give you everything that they should there, but they can't share their wife with you. Mm. <laughs> that is what makes adultery very serious. Because you are not meant to share. When a woman commits adultery, it's even more frowned upon and much more serious in many traditions and many societies 
Because you hardly see a woman who has married more than one man. It's very strange, unless I'm extreme, I'm yet to do anything. But there are a lot of places men marry more than one. Because the woman is like, a, watch this, watch this, it's going somewhere. The woman is like a special treasure to the man. Not a commodity, but special amongst the, that is why those of you who are married, treat your wife like somebody special. Yes, yes. Why are you making noise? I'm a man. You are in church and you don't treat your wife well. I'm talking to all of you in front. And if impossible, I have to even add myself. Because she is actually very special to you. If you don't do that, you are, you are blaring God's plan. Come for the church. Guess what? Do you think God and his people, who is the male counterpart and female? The church is the female. That's the church. So the church is also, and the, when, you, when you read the Old Testament, you keep seeing. You keep, and when I read it downwards, it says that I chose you not because you are many, not because you are more powerful. Read it. You like it. Verse 7. The Lord did not set his love on you, nor choose you, because you were more in number than mm-hmm. any other people. No. For you were the least of all peoples. <laughs> But because the Lord loves you. It is a love that was set upon you. Is it not how marriage is supposed to work? Yeah. The man can target you and say, ah, may God cause your man to set his heart on you. Yeah. And may nobody take his eyes off you. Yeah. In Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 2, God talks about how, you know, I've exposed you to myself. Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 2. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2. Jeremiah, to read it. Go and cry in the hearing of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the Lord, I I remember you, the kindness of your youth, (laughs) the love of your betrothal, Betrothal. when you went after me in the wilderness, in a land not sown. God, I think I have to teach on the the love of God for marriage. Not how God loves marriage. Okay? But his, his... if I say God's marriage, people will, it will create too much confusion in our society. What do you mean by God is marriage? So people can't understand. But God considers himself. He loved the people so much that you know what he did? He wooed them. So his work with them was an act of wooing. But even when he gave them the Ten Commandments, he was giving them the, the first five was all about himself. He was trying, the commandments was, was to woo them. What's the greatest commandment? Love. The, the commandment was to cause them to die. Jesus said, if you love me, John chapter 14, verse 21, if you, if you love me, you will keep my commandment. John 14, 21, he said, if you love me, you will keep my commandment. So there is a correlation between love and keeping the commandment. So God gave us the commandment so that the commandment can be like, like a platform, like not a bait, but a, a like, channel through which we show him our love. Because for him, he has loved us. He has loved us first, and he took the step to pull us to himself. And so when he was with them in the wilderness, he was causing them, he was trying to allow them to go through all places so that they would set their hearts after him. When he comes to the church, it's the same. The church is the female counterpart. So when God created Adam, he said it's not good for Adam to be alone, man to be alone. I'll create a counterpart suitable for him. He was talking about himself. God was interested in what we would call in human terms 
a wife. Read your Bible. It started, the first activity of man was marriage. Yes, yes. And the last activity in the Bible is the great marriage supper. But the first one is between Adam and Eve. The last one is going to be between Christ and the church. And the Christ and the church, the Bible said, I saw the new Jerusalem prepared as a bride, mm. the lamb's wife. Mm. Oh, oh, so you remember when I was teaching you about the woman who took the yeast yeah. and put in the bread? I told you that the woman is not a particular person. Even Jezebel is not a particular person. Jezebel is a, a type of a church. It's the same, so that's that woman who took the yeast and put it in the bread. The bread, the fine flour, sorry, fine flour is Jesus Christ. Now we have added all kinds of things to Jesus so that people can come to church. He can come to church, church must be joining. And so we have actually, we still have Jesus, but we have added so much thing to this Jesus thing that unbelievers don't even feel threatened at all. And they can come and feel comfortable amongst us. That is the woman says that the man took a seed and planted it. It became a tree. Demons made yeah. their homes in it. So, so, so that woman is the, is the type of the church. Mm. And in, in general, so Revelation, when he says that you tolerate that woman Jezebel, Jesus, the Bible clearly said that woman. Most of you think it's a woman as, a, as in gender. No, mm. it's the church. Wow. Not the whole church, but a section of the church. A section of the church has become... I started teaching false things, accepting immorality, sexual immorality and idolatry. It's a section of the church. And it's the same woman in Genesis, uh, Revelation chapter 2, who also appears in Revelation chapter, no, now I'm even actually going into the Jezebel thing again. <laughs> Revelation chapter 17, the great harlot. The great harlot. Who is a harlot? That one sleeps with different people. But Relationship is supposed to be between a male and female. Husband, one, one person. That's why you don't, you, are not, you don't have two. You have one. It's one to one. At least your eyes are two. Your ears are two. Your fingers are plenty. Your arms are... <laughs> but when it comes to union, it is one to one. <laughs> I know what some of you are thinking, but... Different people do. Even if different people do several things, it is only the actual possibility for conception can be only one to one. Mm. One to one. Conception can only take place through one area and through one means one to one. It's not two to one. It can never happen. <laughs> Yes, guys, when you hear this, this you get very excited. Oh. <laughs> so, is somebody getting something? So, God, from Genesis, has always wanted to gather the people. This is where I'm going. The church is a people. The portrait of the church, watch this, is, when you read the Bible very carefully, the portrait of the church is a flock. Ah, come on. A f- say a flock. a flock. Say a flock. A flock. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 3, it says, Shepherd the flock of God. Take care of the flock of God. In uh, Acts chapter 20, verse 28, it talks about take care of your take it to yourself and to the flock of the flock. Is it not the read it? Anyway. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Uh-huh. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock. 
the what? Floor. All the flock. Can you, you can't have, it, it, it takes more than one sheep to have a flock. It takes more than one sheep to have a flock. It takes more than one person to have a family. It takes more than one brick to have a house. It takes more than one organ to have a body. So all the portraits of the church is a com- is, is not one item. It's many coming together. He said, even though we are many, we are one body. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. Even though we are many, we are one body. We are a family. According to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18 and 19. He said, into the household of God, we are a people. So if you are a Christian, you are a Christian into a people. Yeah, right. It is only not I. I like this. It is not only union with Christ. God, Christ calls us into union with himself, but not only the union with Christ, but the communion with the other saints. Yeah. How can you claim you have union with Christ, but no communion with the saints? Mm-hmm. It's not Christianity. If Satan wants to affect your reward in heaven, he will start with your church life. Some of you have listened to Jezebel so much that you're only thinking about your prosperity. You're thinking about your material gain. But Satan is going ahead. He's thinking about your eternal impact. Your eternal impact. Don't mind those people who tell you that church, you don't have to be part of a a church. The local church, the local church. See, okay, let me tell you this. We have the universal church and the local church. They are all essential aspects of the same thing. So, if you can't be part of a universal church and yet there's nowhere you fellowship. That's why I was going, that God from Genesis has always wanted to gather the people to himself. He's always get the people to come. Even Israel, you don't have to leave Israel. You have to always be, so they gathered in, they camped in groups according to tribes. That's why when you called Abraham, he, Abraham was not the church. Even Jacob, uh, Isaac, Isaac had Jacob and Esau. Esau was a, a bad one. So, so Jacob alone couldn't be. Isaac alone couldn't be. Jacob alone. So when Jacob had the 12, that's when Israel was born. That's why he had the name Israel. Because Israel had to be a group. It can't be one person. It had to be a group. And Isaac, Abraham had two sons. One was legitimate, one, the other one was illegitimate. You can't call them both his sons. Right. In, they are not equal. Yeah. Jacob had two sons. One was, one was profane and one was holy. Mm. The profane and the holy. Why are we combining everything to be one church? Wow. Then Jacob had his sons and all the 12, all the 12 were called Israel. The one that missed his place, they, they didn't give, it was the Levite. They didn't give him a land. But Jacob's, Joseph's two children came and replaced it. So they still had 12 tribes of Israel. And the 12 tribes, when they camped, four were here, four were here, four, four in the east, four in the west, four in the north, four in the south. And Gilbert was in the middle, the ark of God. So they all traveled to the ark, the center. Jesus must always be in the center of the church. He, he, he wants us to gather around him. 
I was going to continue, but I probably have to continue next week. What you do for the church, what you do, he is building the church. I want to show you how the church is built. How the church is built. So Jesus Christ had to die. What are the four foundations that, this, four things that must happen before the church can begin to be built? Yeah. Death, yeah. resurrection, commission, commission, commission ascension, ascension, and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Then the church can now begin to. So as it were, currently, can, we, can you imagine, Dillian, this church started being built 2,000 years ago. The house, Jesus is still building it. He's still building it. He said, for you are, First Peter chapter 2, verse 5, you all, like lively stones, are being built into a holy. We are being built. It's in the process. We are being built. Into, it's in the process. Second Peter, First Peter chapter 2, verse 5. Oh. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house. We are being built. Say, we are being built. We are being built. Now, how does the building take place? He says that I commend you to God and to the power of his word, the, sorry, the word of his grace, which is able to. I'll go to that. That's why we can't come to church without teaching of God's word, because it takes the word to build. Mm. We all. And guess what? In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 11, 1 Peter 5, 11 talks about together with others. Together with others. Read it, let me see. 1 Peter 5, 11. 11. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Is that, is that it? No. Verse 12. By Silvanus, our faithful brother, as I consider him, I have written to you briefly, exhorting and testifying. Right. Um, I think I actually wanted. Let's go to um, Titus chapter 2, verse 14. Titus chapter 2, verse 14. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people? Ah, not a special person. Most of us think that Jesus is interested in just you as a person. So he comes to die and to... Actually, so in the Old Testament, it's not like there there was a gathering of God's people. But all those gatherings were a reflection of the actual one, mm. which Jesus was coming to gather. And that one is from all tribes, not based on birth, but based on choice. When you choose to go to Christ, when you choose, you didn't choose, you didn't, uh, you didn't, uh, were not forced to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. Islam, you can be forced to be an, a Muslim. Christianity, you can even be forced to be a Buddhist. You can never be forced to be a Christian. Christianity can't do that. It's not because we are just nice. That is even part. But it can't do that because you can't become a Christian by force. You can only become a Christian by choice. You have to accept Jesus. That's why when we finish that, if you want to give your life to Jesus, come forward. We can't come, hey, Lou, have you, get up, go, go forward. No. We can't do that. Islam can do that. <laughs> Buddhism can do that. Other religions can do that. But Christianity cannot force you. So he gathers his people. We are his special people. And so from the Old Testament, he was choosing them. He chose them. And there were always pockets of people. These are my people. These are my people. And Jesus now comes to build, watch this, start building and gathers the people of God around his person. 
so that he becomes the center of all the building, every building, everything God is building. We are being built. I want to make a case. What I'm teaching about is actually a strong case for genuine and serious church membership. Everybody, you cannot be, um, you cannot have a family with one person. No. But we are family. As I said, you cannot have a flock with only one sheep. It's not a flock. It's a pet. pet. (laughs) We are stones. (laughs) I like that. I didn't think about that. We are stones. Now, in our modern day, they don't build with stones, really. They build with what? Bricks. So you just for the sake of understanding, let's say bricks. How can you call a brick a house? You can't build a house with one brick. It can never happen. You need several bricks to be the house. And so we are all the building materials. And so you, you can't be isolated. You can't be isolated. And all your Christian, that means that your Christian work should be geared towards building the church. Not getting testimonies and miracles. Those things come. It's part of it. But really, you are not married to come and just live in Buckingham Palace. You are married to come and be a wife and start a family with a prince. Don't say that, as for me, I live in Buckingham Palace, so I'm fine. No, that's not why you came in. Excuse me. You came in so that we can start a family and have Charlotte and have George. And what's the other one? Louis. And have Louis. (laughs) 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 Wow. Guys, I just like to teach God's word. That's why I wanted us to sit down and this way I can start teaching. Did you receive something? for using the servant Reverend Dr. David Entry to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at caris.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed. <laughs>